Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Tzahoraim Tovim. And Shalom Aleichem to all. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Harlingen Messianic Synagogue. It's good to have everybody here. Again, it's good to be back. As I mentioned earlier, unfortunately, we were not able to be here last week. Not feeling the greatest. Baruch Hashem. We're here now, ready to teach. Amen? Amen. All right, let's go ahead and begin with our, with our bracha, with our blessing. Blessed are you, Adonai God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and has commanded us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Please, Adonai our God, sweeten the words of your Torah in our mouth and in the mouth of your people, the house of Israel. May we and our offspring and the offspring of your people, the house of Israel, all of us, know your name and study your Torah for its own sake. Blessed are you, Adonai, who teaches Torah to his people, Yisrael. Bimru. Hallelujah. There's a lot going on today. This is a special Shabbat. So we've got, number one, your weekly parashat tetzaveh is this week. Parashat tetzaveh. So that's one thing. And what do we have in parashat tetzaveh? We've got a couple of things. We've got all the priestly garments that the priest was uh, told to, to uh, that the people were told to make for the priest. The priest is to wear those for, for ministering in a temple. Or in that, in that case, in the in the... In the tabernacle, we have the two lambs that were offered every single day, morning and afternoon, morning and afternoon, and we have the altar of incense to wrap it all up. So that's number one. Number two, we have Purim coming up on Tuesday. We have Purim coming up on Tuesday. Amen? So, but remember, Tuesday is the day of Purim, but we will be here on the previous night, Monday night, because our days always start in the evening. Okay, I always like to emphasize that, because sometimes we forget, because we're not used to that in our, you know, in the society we live in, right? So we're going to be here at 7 p.m. Monday night when uh, to kickstart Purim, which will be on Tuesday, which will be on Tuesday. Okay, so we have that coming up. We have Purim coming up. And before Purim, what we have is a special parashat. We'll, be, we'll have special parashot all the way up to Pesach. Okay, so expect that these coming weeks. And it's all to prepare ourselves for this, I mean, ginormous, enormous feast of Pesach. And the one we have for today is parashat Zachor, which means remember. Can everybody say remember? remember. So Zachor means to remember. And we are commanded to erase in this parashat. We're commanded to erase the memory of Amalek. And who is Amalek? Amalek is none other than the ancestor of Haman. The main villain, the bad guy in the book of Esther. And so we have that going on. Okay, So because of this, in this week's Midrash Shabbat, for Parashat Tetzaveh, the Shemot Rabbah connects Tetzaveh to the hero of Purim. And the hero, there's two actually. There's a heroine and there's a hero. We know who the heroine is, Esther, Hadassah, Esther. But we know is, but we also know who that there's a hero, right? Her uncle, very good, Mordechai. It's Mordechai, actually, Mordechai. So we're going to be talking about him today. Shemot Rabbah 38.4 begins by quoting Devarim 33.27. So if we can turn there, please. Devarim is Deuteronomy, 
chapter 33 and verse 27. We're going to read through verse 29. Now, one thing that's very interesting about the Midrash Shabbat, one, one of the reasons I love to study from the Midrash Shabbat is you're talking about the Tzaveh, you're talking about the priestly garments, you're talking about, you know, the continual offerings, and then they take you to this seemingly random scripture all the way over here. And you're like, why are we going all the way over here to the Psalms or to the Proverbs or to Ecclesiastes or to Esther? And then it all connects. They just connect the dots beautifully. That's what I love about it. So we're going to be doing that today. So Devarim 33.27 says this. That is the abode of God immemorial. And below are the world's mighty ones. He drove the enemy away from before you. And he said, destroy. Thus Israel shall dwell secure, solitary, in the likeness of Yaakov, in the land of grain and wine, even his heavens shall drip with dew. Fortunate are you, O Israel, who is like you, O people delivered by Hashem, the shield of your help, who is the sword of your grandeur. Your foes will try to deceive you, but you will trample their haughty ones. By haughty, I'm not talking about the modern day, like, Hadi, H-O-T-T-I. Hadi meaning, it's H-A-U-G-H-T-Y. Hadi meaning prideful, the prideful ones. So, how does this connect to Mordechai and to the book of Esther? The end of the verse says, but you will trample their haughty ones. Now, the Midrash tells us this occurred in the days of Mordechai in the book of Esther 6.11. So in case you want to turn there. Esther 6.11 says this. So Haman took the garment and the horse and dressed Mordechai and had him ride through the city square. So in this incident, we have a situation where Haman is terrorizing Jews. He wants to destroy us completely off the face of the earth. And... Um, Mordechai refuses to bow down to him. I bet you don't know why he, doesn't refu- he refuses to bow down to him. It might, might surprise you. The Mirash teaches that Haman set up an idol as sort of a crest on his chest, on his clothing on his chest. Kind of like a shield, sort of. He set up an idol there. Therefore, whenever anyone bowed to Haman, they were bound to Haman and his idol. Mordechai refused to do this. Now, there's nothing wrong with submitting to authorities, to government authorities. As a matter of fact, the Torah com- commands us to do so unless it conflicts with Torah and idolatry conflicts with Torah. That's why Mordechai refused to, to, to bow before him. So, fast forward, God does something amazing, right? And he has Haman, the enemy of the Jews, the enemy of Mordechai, he hated Mordechai for doing this, for not bowing down to him. And Hashem set everything up so that he would parade Mordechai through the streets of Shushan while he was dressed in royal attire. How embarrassing, right? That is embarrassing. Now, what caused Mordechai to arrive at this state of grandeur? I mean, the guy is being paraded by the worst enemy of the Jews. and Everybody in the streets is out wondering what happened here, right? The, more, the Midrash asks, what happened here? 
How did this happen? This is the answer. Mordechai would pray at all times. That's why. He would pray at all times. Look at Esther 4.1. Esther chapter 4 verse 1. Listen to what it says. When Mordechai learned all that was done, he tore his clothes. What, is, what, is he, what did he find out was going on? That's when Haman issued an edict that all Jews were going to be annihilated in the kingdom of Medea and Persia, or Persia and Medea. So he found it out. He tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, and went out into the middle of the city, crying out in a loud and bitter voice. What was he crying out? He was crying to Hashem. He was praying. After he learned of Haman's edict of annihilation against us, he did not get on Facebook. He did not get on Twitter. He didn't co- complain, post a complaint against the government. Right? A lot of people like to do that. Oh, the president this, the mayor this, the governor this. Right? Oh, the, gov- the government is evil, and the government this. It's like, uh, okay, how is that helping? That's slander, number one. Right? That's Lashon Hara. And uh, I think people already know what's going on in the government. Right? We don't need to add fuel to the fire there. Right? We're, what are we commanded to do? We're commanded to pray for the government. Amen? Now we're going to post. Let's pray for the government. Let's do it. Right? But he didn't do any of that. He didn't start a coup. He didn't try to start a rebellion. What did he do? He went before the king's palace, outside the gates. No coincidence. He, he didn't just choose that for a random reason. He went and prayed and begged for mercy to Hashem there. And even after he observed himself in a state of grandeur. So now he's in this spot after these prayers. He's in this spot. He's on the horse. He's dressed in royal attire. Haman is parading me through the streets. His heart, Mordecai's heart, did not become prideful. He did not get lifted up. And he never stopped praying even after that. Look at Esther 6.12. Check this out. Afterwards, after what? After being paraded through the streets. Mordechai then returned. Everybody say return. He returned to the king's gate. He went back to where he was praying. He put on his sackcloth again, put on his ashes, and began praying again. He never stopped praying. Devarim 30 and verse 7. Those of you guys, because you're not eating, we're, we're over here. Uh, we can, you guys can feel free to join us over here. We, we won't bite. We don't mind you guys joining us over here. That'd be fantastic. So Devarim 30 and verse 7. Listen to what it says. We're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 7. This is what it says. Hashem, your God, will place all these curses on your enemies and on those who hate you, who persecuted you. Would that... Would that define Haman, you think? I would say yes. So, Hashem, the word promises, Hashem your God will place all these curses on your enemies and on those who hate you. That's Haman. Okay? And those who persecuted you. Now, when that happens, and it's yet to happen too, it's also foretelling of what's to come too. But when that happens, the Midrash asks, are you to stop praying? Are you to desist from prayer? Because after all, your enemies, the curses are on them now. The answer is no. 
Instead, listen to the next verse. You just read verse 7. Let's read verse 8. So what do we do after the curses go upon our enemies? Then you shall return. We just read that verse, that word in the previous verse about Mordechai. Return and listen to the voice of Hashem. What does that mean? Return to your Torah study. Return to your prayer. Keep praying. Never ever stop. See, this is exactly what Mordechai did right after God cursed his enemy Haman. He returned to his gate and didn't stop praying. How many people pray for a day or a minute or a week, don't get the answer, and say, Ay, oh, what's the use, right? Or how many people pray and their prayers get answered, right? Wow, I've been delivered from this, and then... Okay, great. See a prayer. I don't need you anymore. So I got my answer. Right? See, most people in the situation, just let's back up here a little bit. With Haman, he's on his horse. He's got the royal attire. I'm sorry, not Haman. Mordecai. He's on the horse. Being paraded by Haman. Haman's pulling that horse. He's a servant of Mordecai. Right? Now, most people today, right, they would have busted out their iPhones. Right? And they would have taken a selfie with Haman. Now, Haman would not have been smiling, I don't think, right? He would have been pretty upset, right? But Mordecai would have been smiling, right? Right? Or they would have made a TikTok video, right? Hey, right? With the, with the, with the song, of course, you got to pick the right song. There's always a song with a TikTok, right? You got to pick the right song. So you got to pick that song uh, that goes, We are the champions. No time for losers. Pointing at Haman. No time for losers, right? Because we are the champions. We Jews are the champions of the world. They're the losers, right? And they're posing on TikTok, right? That's what would happen today, right? But not Mordechai. Not Mordechai. He didn't do any of that. He didn't say, we won. Let's chill now. Let's relax. No, no, no. As soon as that's over, back to prayer. Back to prayer. See, you would think that that would be the turning point. You think you would think that that would be that Mordecai would think, "Oh my gosh, this is a turning point for us." God answered my prayer. Literally from Deuteronomy, the curses will be on them. Oh, but listen, according to Rav Chaim Friedlander, this teaches us that prayer is not simply a way to salvation. From life's trials and tribulations. That's not the purpose of prayer. Did you know that? Yet that's what we do a lot. And we should. We should pray for deliverance and salvation from our troubles. No doubt. But that's not really the purpose of prayer. See, if this were the case, then whenever we receive an answer to our prayers, then it's pointless to keep praying. Right? If that's the point. If the point is to be delivered from our troubles and our trials and tribulations, right? Then, ew, we're done. That's not the purpose. There's more to it. But you know what? Most people, sadly, they only pray in a life or death situation, right? I was there. I know what that's like, right? We're going to be in it. We're about to crash, right? We're seeing that car coming. Whoa. I mean, we know it's coming, right? We're in an airplane and we feel all that turbulence, right? You're like, oh my gosh, this is it, (laughs) right? We feel threatened some way, somehow. And what do we do? 
We pray all of a sudden. All of a sudden, we're atheists become believers, right? If you help me, Lord, God, if you help me, I will serve you, right? Some, that, that's a famous prayer. If you help me, if you deliver me, if you save me, I'll save you. I'll serve you. I'll serve you all my days, right? But then salvation comes. The captain gets on the speaker. Sorry about that turbulence. We got through a storm and we're good now. Okay, we're right. We're estimated time of arrival is 30 minutes. <laughs> Whew, right? And then Hashem's like, hey, remember what you said about you were going to serve me? Right after I saved you? About that. <laughs> right? That's the answer, right? About that. And we stop praying. But listen, what's the real purpose of prayer? The need for heartfelt prayer is a reason for life's difficulties. Did you catch that? The reason we have difficulties in life, the reason we have troubles and tribulations, is because we need heartfelt prayer. I'm not talking about where you're just reading from the Siddur. If you're just reading from the Siddur, the sages vehemently oppose that. We're we're to read, we're not to read, we're not to read at all from the Siddur. We're to pray from the Siddur from all of our hearts as if we're reading it, as if we're slicha, as if we're praying for the very first time. We need heartfelt prayer. That is the reason for life's difficulties. Why? Because think about it. When all is well, when all is good, we're at the beach, right? We got our sandals on, right? We got our sunglasses on. We got the little, uh, the little, uh, little tent going on, right? Blocking, blocking our, our, ourselves from the sun, right? We got the breeze coming in. We hear the waves. It's all fresh, right? And we're like, can I get a little, can I get a beer, right? <laughs> can I get a little margarita or something? Right, we're just, it's, it's all good, right? Is there any urgency there to get close to God? Not really, right? When, when there's times, nothing wrong with times of peace. I mean, I want peace. <laughs> nothing wrong, but I don't know if you guys have noticed, but when all is good and tranquil, there's not a lot of growth going on in our lives. There's not a lot of growth. The most growth, the most I've grown is when trouble has come. Right? That's when we really grow. When the pressure's on. And we have to trust in Hashem. And now there's urgency. And now we're praying like Mordechai. Right? Now with this in mind. Salvation from trouble. Salvation from trouble. Is never a sign that we should end our prayers. Instead, salvation from trouble. Should serve to lead us to more heartfelt prayer. You hear? We get an answered prayer. I'm going to pursue you even more. Why? Because that is a key to closeness to our Father in Heaven. A lot of people want to know, how can I get close to God? What's the key to getting close to God? I don't feel close to God. I feel He's so far away from me. I don't feel His presence. Right? And the question we need to ask ourselves is, when we're Wanting and desiring that is, are we praying nonstop? Now, I don't mean while you're working, right? And you're supposed to be busy doing something and your boss tells you, hey, I need you to go do this for me. Sorry, boss, I'm praying. I got to pray at all times. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you're constantly in prayer. Whether you're at work, you're praying in here, right? You're praying in here constantly, constantly. Why? Because that's the key to closeness. You want to get close to Hashem? How do we get close to Hashem? Pray 
pray, pray. You get an answer prayer? Pray, pray, pray. You don't get an answer prayer? Pray, pray, pray. Pray, 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 pray. Reminds me of that commercial, right? I think it was one of those tax services. Free, 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 free. I don't know what you guys know what I'm talking about. We've got to replace that with pray, 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 pray. See, we pray and pray. And at long last, we receive salvation from illness. Right? I'm praying for that. A lot of us in here need that. Financial ruin. Marital strain. Temptation. Demonic oppression. Depression. And the... And they keep going on and on, right? So we pray and pray. We, we finally receive that which you're praying for. What now? We pray and pray and pray. Have I said that enough? <laughs> Have I said that enough? <laughs> Count how many times I'm saying pray. We pray and we pray and we pray. See, when we pray and we pray and we pray, three times a day, right? What ends up happening is we get closer to God. You know what happens to our troubles and our issues? They slowly, keyword is slowly. If it's an abundant miracle, Baruch Hashem, it's over like that. But usually these things happen slowly. Those issues, that illness, that depression, that uh, demonic oppression, that, that marital issue, whatever, they slowly fade away. And all of a sudden, you're looking for it. You're like, where is it? I can't see it anymore. <laughs> After some time of closeness with Hashem. You see how that works? But we don't want that. We don't want to pay the price sometimes, right? I don't feel like praying today, right? I... What do we want? We want those issues to fade away. We've got to get closer to Hashem. How do we pray? And a lot of people ask that all the time, right? I don't know how to pray. Easy. You pick up one of these. Get yourself one of these. You get a siddur. You get yourself a siddur. Preferably an archical siddur. Women have a women's siddur. You get your, for ladies, you get your women's siddur. You can pray from this too. Don't get me wrong. But how do we pray? To the siddur and beyond. Anybody heard of, uh, what's his name? The the guy from uh, Pixar, the, the, the... Buzz Lightyear, there we go. I, I, to infinity and beyond, right? Well, for us, it's to the Sador and beyond. What, do, what are you talking about? What do you mean by that? Because here we have our three daily prayers. We have our morning prayer, Shachari. We have our afternoon prayer, Mincha. Our evening prayer, Mahari. Okay? We have those. And we all should know about these. At least most of us should know. If it's new, then, right, we, we take one step at a time. One step at a time. But why do I say to the Sador and beyond? Because... We pray, for example, this morning we prayed Shacharit, right? We use a Siddur. Now, we stop there. No. That's just, the Siddur just gets us kick-started. Make sense? It's like those little cars. Yesterday, uh, two days ago, sorry, we were testing in, in one of my classrooms for, uh, they're called benchmark tests, praying for the star test. And then they're all done. And so the kids, you know, had a little bit of free time. One of them had a little motorcycle, a little, one of those wind-up motorcycles, right? And so he was, all, all of a sudden, I just heard, I'm like, what in the world is that? And he was on the floor like this, and then he lets it go, and it goes, right? And I was like, whoa, 
whoa, okay, where'd that come from? Right, and it broke because <laughs> it hit the wall. It went too fast. <laughs> and he was like, no. That's the Siddur. That's Shacharit. That's Mincha. That's Ma'ariv. It's a, it's a wind-up right there. And then we go beyond, and then we keep praying. And all of it is heartfelt. If this is not heartfelt, we, gotta, we don't get rid of the door. We start to change this. And we start praying that heartfelt. And then guess what? Now it's easy. The overflow comes because this was heartfelt. And now everything else is heartfelt. And so we're driving, or we're at work, or with our family, Right, we're with our kids, we're with our wife, we're with our husband, we're, we're, we're with our friends, we're about to eat. Whatever it is that we're doing, we're just, oh, Lord, I just love you so much. Have you ever told someone, I love you just, like, just because, like, you know, your dad or your mom or your daughter, your son, right? Your tío, your tía, whoever, right? I love you. You just, one day, just, hey, dad, I just want to tell you, I love you. Right? Mijo, I just want to tell you, mija, I love you. Why are you telling me that? Just because, right? Now, if, if their reaction is, what? <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> we're not saying I love you enough, right? So, but that's what we're getting at here. Where all day, all we're thinking about is Hashem. All day. We can't get away from Him, and we don't want to get away from Him. That's, that's where you, you're there. You hear what I'm saying? Where it's like every, everywhere I go, everything I do, I'm just thinking about him. You're getting there. We're getting there. But if we're not there yet, guess what? We're, we, gotta, we got some work to do. Right? We got some work to do. We got to get to the point where Mordechai got to. As reference, Tehillim, 20, Tehillim 55, 18. Psalm 55, 18. David, Hamelech, King David. He says this. Why do we pray evening, even morning and afternoon? He says it in 5518, Psalm 5518. Evening, morning, and afternoon, I seek you and I moan. He said that. <laughs> How many of y'all like to read the Psalms? There's one right there, Psalm 55. We just read it, uh, my wife and I read it the other day. Now, let's add to this. Today is parashat, not just Tetzaveh, but parashat Zahor, remembrance, to remember. Roe read the portion for us, and I'm going to reread it here for us, and we're going to expound on that and add to what we're talking about here. So if you guys would turn to Devarim 25, it's Deuteronomy 25 and verse 17. Deuteronomy 25, 17. Check out what it says. Remember, there you go, Zahor. Let's remember, Zahor, Zahor. What Amalek did to you on the way when you were leaving Egypt, that he happened upon you on the way. And he struck those of you who were hindmost, all the weaklings at your rear, when you were faint and exhausted. And he did not fear God. It shall be that when Hashem your God gives you rest from all your enemies all around, in the land that Hashem your God gives you as an inheritance to possess it, you shall wipe out the memory of Amalek from under, ever say under, under the heaven, you shall not forget. We're commanded not to forget these scriptures and this commandment. Now, I told you to repeat underneath. Listen to what the Midrash Shabbat says. Amalek only existed beneath the heavens where Hashem's truth is not perceived. 
That's why he's being destroyed from. That's why. Why don't you say he shall be destroyed? Just say that. Why add under heaven? Because, again, let me repeat it. Amalek only existed beneath the heaven where Hashem's truth is not perceived. You know, how do we know this? Because when did Amalek attack? Amalek attacked after we fled Egypt. We crossed the Sea of Reeds. We're tired. We're exhausted. We're out baking in the sun. I mean, our bread got baked by the sun for crying out loud. <laughs> That's how hot it is. We're in the desert, right? We're traveling. And then we're getting a little tired. We're a little exhausted. And then they attack. They don't attack the, the front. They attack the people at the very back. The ones that are the weakest. They're the slowest. They're trying to catch up. They're tired. And that's where Amalek attacks. Now listen, what happened just a few days before that? A little over a week before that? What happened? The parting of the Sea of Reeds. All Pharaoh's armies were utterly swallowed up by the Sea of Reeds. Completely after the parting. I mean, that in and of itself. What happened before that? Ten plagues. Miraculous plagues. Awe-inspiring plagues. Everybody knows about it. It's all over Twitter. Despite that truth. Despite, listen, despite that truth, Amalek refused to accept it. He's looking at facts. Nah. I don't care. Nah, we can defeat him. We can't defeat these people. Really? He refused to accept the fact that these people are not to be trifled with. They're different. There's this God on their side that does things that we've never even heard of. Maybe we should not mess with them. Forget, forget common sense. Let's attack. Right? He refused to receive truth of the one and true God of Israel. In fact, there were others who heard. Yitro, Jethro, heard what happened. Rahav heard what happened. The book of Yehoshua, the book of Joshua, the prostitute, she heard. All these people were hearing. Amalek is the only one that's not listening. Yitro says, hey, um, gods, foreign gods that I made and I was a priest for, forget you guys, I'm going to Disneyland. Sorry, I'm going to Israel. That's what happens to people when China shows up. I'm going to Disneyland, right? I'm going to Israel. I'm going with Israel, not to Israel. I'm going with Israel. And he converted to Judaism. He became a Jew. Rahab became a Jew. Only those who cannot perceive this truth must be destroyed from beneath the heaven. And that is Amalek. That's Amalek. Now, why is this so important? Why? Because of the ancestor of Amalek. Where did Amalek come from? You know who Amalek's ancestor is? Who the OG is for Amalek? Esau. 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 Yaakov's brother. Esau. He was the epitome of unperceived truth. Think about it. He grew up, he was raised by Yitzhak. Did I go on? Isaac, the Akeda, Rivka, and Sav Avraham. Sav is grandpa. His Sav, his grandpa was Abraham. 
Three heavy hitters right there. He grew up with them. And yet he said, ah, you know what? Everything's just coincidence. There's no divine reward or punishment. Or, or punishment. It's all nature. Wow. After being raised by those three? Wow. Listen. In the verses we just read here. It states in Devarim 25, 18. Verse 18 says. Amalek happened against you. He happened against you. He happened upon you. That Hebrew word happened is karecha. Karecha. What's important about that Hebrew word? The Hebrew word comes from the root mikre. Karecha mikre. Karecha mikre. What does mikre mean? Coincidence. It's just coincidence. It's just happenstance. Ah, it's just nature running its course. See, Amalek's inheritance from his ancestor Esau, Esau, is the belief that nothing is ordained by Hashem. It's just nature running its, its mother nature. Right? It just, things just happen. That's the inheritance. And you know whose blood Esau ran, whose, whose uh, blood I, I got myself confused there. <laughs> Whose blood ran? There we go. Whose blood? I'm a history teacher, not an RLA teacher. I'm not an English teacher. Whose blood ran through, not just, obviously, Aesop's blood ran through his own veins. You know who, el- who else's veins that blood ran through? Amalek. You know who else? Who else's veins that blood ran through? Aesop's blood and Amalek's blood ran through? Kigagag who we just read about in the, in the Haftarah, who's, who Shaul refused to kill. But you know who else is an ancestor of these individuals? Is a descendant of these individuals? Haman. Haman. The enemy of the Jews that was going to annihilate us completely. So, how do we combat this enemy? Let's do what the Jews did. In Shushan, they added a powerful ingredient at Esther's bidding. They added a powerful ingredient to their prayers. Fasting. Fasting. Esther 4.15. Esther 4.15 says this. Esther sent this to reply to Mordechai. Go, gather together all the Jews who are in Shushan and fast for me. Do not eat or drink. For three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast in the same way. Afterwards, I will go into the king, even though it is not according to the law. So if I perish, I perish. Man, every time I read that, Esther's words right there, I, I get it. I get it. Awestruck. If I perish, I perish. She approaches the king without being summoned. She's dead. That's why she wanted Everybody, every Jew to pray and every Jew to fast for those three days before she approaches to try to save the Jewish, Jewish people from Haman's decree of annihilation. So what do we do? We fast too. We fast too. Now, we're going to fast for three days? No. The fast of Esther comes to us on Monday. On Monday for us this week. Esther Esther proclaimed the fast for three days. We fast from dawn on Monday 
till the evening on Monday, and we'll be here on Monday, right? After the reading of the Megillah, after after Ma'ariv, after all that we're going to be doing here, after that we'll have a festive meal, a festive kosher meal, and that's when we break our fast. Okay, so it's not a 24-hour fast, okay? It starts at dawn, okay? It starts at dawn in the morning and all the way through the evening. Now, why do we do this? Because it commemorates the Jews' deliverance from the Edict of of Annihilation. That was a miracle from Hashem. We're still here. We're still alive. Right? But number two, just as the Jews accepted the festival of Purim upon themselves, it's a new festival. They likewise accepted the fast and the prayer. Both go hand in hand. The fast goes with Purim. The feast. The feast goes with the fast. The fast goes with the feast. Right? So having the feast without the fast is like having popcorn without butter. Right? I don't know if you guys have ever had popcorn without butter. Like, what's the point, right? Right? It's like having Han Solo without Chewbacca. Right? You don't want to have Han You can't have Han Solo without Chewbacca. No. Come on now. Right? We've got we to have both. Why? Why? Why is the fast so important? Listen. The fast is a weapon we use against Esau. The fast is a weapon we use against Amalek. The fast is a weapon we use against Haman. And that spirit that's still lingering today. What are we combating? The mindset of coincidence. The mindset of coincidence. You'd be surprised how many of us believe that way in our everyday lives. We won't say it. In our everyday lives. How do you know that? Because when we pray and our prayers are answered, are we still praying? With the exact same intensity, if not even more. Right? Are we still, do we still have that urgency? I don't know about you guys, but I look around our world, I don't see that urgency. Right? But among us, it's got to be different. Among us, we got to be the trailblazers. We got to be the ones that people look to and say, there's a man of prayer. There's a woman of prayer. My goodness, that person, you can tell. That person, what, what did the people say of the, the Talmudim of Yeshua? What did they say of the, the disciples, of the apostles of Yeshua? Oh, I see that these men have been with Yeshua. The book of Acts. We see that these men have been with. How do you know that? Constant prayer. Constant prayer. That's all they want to talk about. Yeshua, 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 Yeshua. Right? See, this is the fastest to combat our idea or the idea that our answered prayers were simply nature running its course. How many, how many of us do that sometimes? Think about it. Be honest with yourself. Don't raise your hand or anything, but right? We're, we're praying for healing for an illness. Let's just say. Healing for an illness. Right? And then all of a sudden, we get healed. We feel better. Right? And we're like, ah, oh, you know what? It must have been just a bug, right? How many of us say that, right? We think it must have been just, you know, it was just, you know, the wind. It was a change of the seasons, right? It's, it was really hot now or it's really cold now. And we do that. We, we nullify the power of prayer within our own minds. And this fast is what helps us to annihilate that. It stirs up our trust in the truth that is above heaven. Remember, Amalek is beneath the heaven. Our truth that is above heaven. Above the heavens. In the heaven of heavens. 
that Hashem is in control, that Hashem is present in all circumstances, even though Hashem's name is not mentioned once in the whole book of Esther. He is always there, and He does want us to be close to Him. That's the best of all right there. Why would you want to be close to me? Do you know what I've done? Do you know what I do sometimes? Do you know how I think? you know how I nullify your answered prayers? And yet you still want to be close to me? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Bet. No doubt. Yes. Wow. See, I don't understand. I don't understand him. Right? David, Hamelech. What is man that you even consider him? The son, of, the son of a frail human that you reckon with him. Why? He even wonders. We're just such terrible people sometimes, right? But the fast stirs all this up. This truth, this closeness. Plus, listen, without the fast, remember, fast and the feast go hand in hand. Without the fast, would there have been a feast? Think about that. Without the fast, would there have been a peace? Would Esther have survived going before the king? Would the Jewish people have survived in Shushan, in all Persia and Medea? Who knows? But we did fast. But he did fast. And we were saved. Amen? And we kept praying. And so that's our lesson for today. Is... We pray, and we pray, and we pray. We get our answered prayers. We pray, and we pray, and we pray. Come Monday at dawn, we pray and fast. We pray and fast. We pray and fast. Amen. No, no, nobody's excited about the fasting. Okay, I'll move on here. I'll move on here. Now, a couple of quick, uh, some, some halakha regarding, uh, regarding the, regarding the uh, festival of Purim. So really, I love the Festival of Purim. It's just a time of joy. One thing I want to make sure everybody understands, Purim is not a Shabbat Shabbaton. Okay? It is not a Shabbat Shabbaton, which means that we are, not we are not required to take the day off of work. We can work on Purim. Okay? That is permitted completely. If we can avoid it, great, but you don't, you don't have to do that. Okay? That's one thing. I want to make sure everybody understands that. Okay? Now, it is customary for every man to donate a half shekel right before Purim to commemorate the purchase of the temple's offerings. Now, where on earth am I going to get a half shekel, right? Well, we don't have half shekels here, right? So, you know, if we're able to, if you're able to, you go to the bank if you can, maybe a teller somewhere, and see if they have a half dollar. See if they have a half dollar. And they're, they're still out there. They're out there. If you can find one, great. If you, can't have, if you can't find one, don't stress about it. Don't worry about that. Okay? But it is customary. It is a meaning. Is it a custom? Right before Purim begins, right at the beginning, we go to the stock box right there and deposit a half shekel or for us, a half dollar. Right? Why? To commemorate the purchase because all Jews were required to bring a half shekel to purchase the temple offer. So that's a really cool, cool custom. Now, in Esther 9.22, we're commanded to do two things. 
Mishloach manot. Mishloach manot. Food portions to friends. We're commanded to give to our friends. Isn't that cool? So we got to give to our friends. Friends. <laughs> we got to give to our friends. Now, tradition is we give, we give it in a little basket if, if possible, if not like a little box or a little baggie of something of already uh, ready to eat foods or drinks. You can give a, someone a, a glass of wine, right? Uh, maybe their favorite drink, like, like a, I don't know, maybe they like an iced tea or a Coke or something like that, right? Already ready to eat uh, foods, fruits, what have you, right? Anything that's ready to eat. Don't, don't give them microwavable popcorn because it's not ready to eat yet, right? You've got to put it in a microwave. Something that's ready to eat, okay? Something, nothing big. Don't go crazy and spend $100 or anything like that. Something simple. Give it to some of your friends, right? Pass those out to your friends. It's a time of joy. We're passing on the joy to our friends. This is from Esther 9.22. Second thing. Matanot la evionim. We are to give tzedakah to the poor. We are to give gifts to the poor. What gifts do we give? What do they need? They need money. So we give tzedakah to the poor. Amen? So I encourage you guys, if you know poor people, that's the day to do it. I mean, any day. But there's an extra, you know, there's an extra blessing, right? Extra kiddushah, extra holiness in the holidays when we give tzedakah. So I want to encourage you with that if you're able to. Uh, And it doesn't matter how much you give as long as you give. Amen. And everybody can give something within your means, obviously, within your means. By the way, the fast, for those that are able, if you're unable to, health-wise, by no means should you fast. Okay, I want to make sure... I point that out to everybody. The main thing, though, the main thing about the, the, the Festival of Purim, the main event is not the costumes, right? It's not the, it's not the feast. It's listening to the Megillah. Listening to the story of Esther, to the book of Esther. That's the main event. And that's what we'll be doing here Monday night. So come and listen to the Megillah. It's commanded for us to listen to it in the evening of Purim and in the daytime. So in the daytime, we're not going to be here. So at some time during the day, read it again for yourself. Read it to your wife. Read it to your children. Read it to yourself. Whatever the case may be. Again, in the evening, we'll be reading the Megillah. Come and listen. And of course, we wear costumes, right? Dress up, you can dress up as Queen Esther. You can dress up as uh, Mordechai. I recommend you don't dress up as Haman because we're, we're all going to beat you up. Okay, so we're going to dog, dogpile you, okay? Don't, don't do that. The other day, uh, yesterday, one of my kids, uh, it was their birthday. It was his birthday. And everybody comes up, the boys come up and bring him up to me. Sir, it's his birthday. I'm like, happy birthday, you know, awesome, right? And then, so I turn, and I'm doing something on my computer, and I turn, and there was a bunch of commotion over here in the corner of my classroom. And all these boys just rush into the classroom, right? They're not even my students. And they rush to the corner, and there's a big dog pile over there in the corner. I'm like, What's going on? And I get up. I'm like, what's, what's going on? And I see the birthday boy underneath. I'm like, oh, okay, it's his birthday. It's a birthday boy. Ah, go ahead, guys. <laughs> we pick on the birthday boys. We pick on the birthday boys. So, so yeah, so uh, don't dress up as Haman. If you can. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But dress up, you know, something along those lines, biblical characters, something along those lines. Just keep, it, keep it kosher, right? Uh, modest, of course. Um, and we're going to have a festive kosher meal. So everything kosher is going to be parv. Parv means neutral. That means vegetables, like salads. That means drinks. Obviously, that means fruits, things like those are neutral. That's parv. 
and dairy, right? We always keep it dairy here and parv just to keep things simple. No meats, products at all. There should not be any meats in here. This is like a kosher restaurant. It's like a meat restaurant here, okay? I'm sorry. Let me reverse that. It's like a dairy restaurant, my bad. Like a dairy restaurant. So no meat at all, please, on um, a Monday evening. And I think I covered it all. I think I covered it all. And so if there's any questions on Purim, you guys can feel free to ask myself or afterwards. We'll be happy to answer any questions you guys may have about this exciting, exciting, joyful celebration. Hallelujah. A few announcements before we, we, um, we end today. I want to ask everybody to keep uh, our people in prayer. We have quite a few people in our shul that um, need prayer, right? We pray, pray, and pray. Uh, I want to encourage you guys to keep praying for Irma. Everybody knows, well, we shouldn't in case you don't, right? She was diagnosed with, with can- cancer here recently. Uh, Baruch Hashem, the cancer has not spread. So that's an, that's an amazing news, right? Uh, so it's not, it has not spread. Her, her um, treatments are going to start very soon. So please keep her in prayer. Keep Malach and Rose in prayer. Um, they're having some you know, heart issues. They're trying to figure out what's going on, right, with some heart palpitations and different things of that nature. I want to encourage you guys to please keep them in your prayers. Keep Kara in your prayers, little Kara. Um, She's going to have surgery on the 28th. Rue has been mentioning the little growth that she has behind her ear. Please keep her in your, in, her, in your prayers. And the family as well, because Richard and Charity are not here. The kids, they're all feeling sick too above that. So please keep them in your prayers as well. Um, I know there's an individual, Rue, you mentioned uh, in Facebook, Sal- Roberto, Ronaldo Solano. Ronaldo Solano, individual, guys, that uh, he's not doing well. Uh, he tunes in online, okay? He's not well enough to come here uh, physically, uh, but he's not doing well either. Um, he's at a point where he doesn't want to go to the hospital. He just wanna, wants to, you know, um, you know, end things at, at home. And so keep him and his family in your prayers as well, if you would. And uh, for all of us, I need, I need prayer. Amen. So, huh? I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. You, we, can, we can talk about No, he's not in hospice. Okay, so if we can stand, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you would raise your hands for a blessing, priestly blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ya er arunai panavelecha, vihunecha, yisadunai panavelecha, yasem lecha shalom. May Hashem bless you and safeguard you. May Hashem illuminate His countenance for you and be gracious to you. May Hashem turn His countenance to you and establish shalom for you. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Imru. Hallelujah. Shabbat shalom, everybody. Time for Kiddush. If we can let the kids know that we are ready to go for Kiddush.